Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And it's Jeff here once again. Uh, it is another episode of our interview series. And today we're going to be inter- interviewing Steve Friedman of Beyond Introversion. So Steve uh, has a, a whole series of things that he talks about and a book that he talks about on um, helping people that work in the corporate world to really manage their introversion and, and use it as an advantage. So, Steve, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's great to be here. Glad to have you on here. And uh, you're down in Austin, Texas with me, correct? Yes, I am. We just moved here last year and loving it. Very cool. Where did you move from? Houston. Yeah, okay. All right. You know, so so, oh. so nearby, but so yeah. different. <laughs> so, we're... Yeah, so nearby in Texas is, is three hours. So. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve... Uh, really interested to talk about your upcoming or the, the book that you have and, and what you do. So let's start off. Why don't you share a little bit about your story and, and where you got to where you're at today? So I was telling somebody recently, they asked a similar question. I said, you know, I kind of feel like I'm a late bloomer. My life has been a, um, a kind of two different episodes and both very good in many ways. But for the first 30 years of my working career, I worked in corporate America and um, primarily in Houston. Uh, so you can imagine that's that's a unique environment. Uh, usually it was a big company, um, a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of good challenges, a lot of opportunities. Uh, I would say maybe a, a good level of security as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as an introvert, which, you know, I've been an introvert all my life, which is <laughs> the case. And um, just play one on TV, right? That's right. Um, I mean, it took me a long time to figure out that I was an introvert and then to mm-hmm. really understand what that meant. But as an introvert, I always found it challenging to work in a big corporation because, um, Although probably half the people are introverts, it's a very extroverted culture, right? And it's supported by people that are more outgoing and more sociable and and that sort of thing. So it was challenging for me. And I spent a good part of that career um, wearing a mask, which is not uncommon for a lot of introverts. And, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to put on the facade that when I looked around, that's the facade that successful people seem to have. And so I felt like I had the smarts and I could do the work, but I needed to put on this demeanor that um, helped me. And it did help me to further my career over 30 years. And um, so I enjoyed that a lot, had the opportunity after 30 years to uh, hang it up. Mm-hmm. And so I took, uh, grabbed that opportunity, not exactly knowing what I was going to do next, but felt like it was time to uh, close that book and open up another book. And um, so I thought about, well, you know, what would I want to do? I'm in my early 50s, you know, I certainly don't want to be sitting around watching TV and decaying yeah. on the couch. And so I realized that, um, you know, when I was a kid and in high school, I used to write a lot, loved to write, was on the paper, thought about a journalism career. My father probably wisely guided me away from that and towards something that he felt would be more secure and lucrative. So, you know, for years, I might have regretted that or um, choice that he uh, 
almost kind insisted of made upon. for you at that point. Yeah. How, however, he probably saved me a lot of grief. Um, yeah. Big kudos to people, creative people that are making a living because that is really tough, really yeah. tough. And uh, but I, here I had the opportunity after um, a work career to go back and start to write again and see if there mm. was still that that passion and flame that I used to have. And I decided I would write uh, my first book was a memoir in search of courage. Okay. And it was really about discovering myself. It was a very therapeutic process of learning about introversion and, and the threads that it had in my life that I really didn't understand or realize as I was going through it. Okay. And then the second book, which came out um, last fall, was about um, is the corporate introvert, how to lead and um, thrive with confidence. And it's really taking that introversion in the 30 years of corporate experience and kind of mashing them together and trying to put out tips and strategies and models that, that have been proven to help introverts to succeed in the corporate setting, not by changing themselves, but by being themselves. And so how do you master a meeting as an example, as an introvert, what things will help you to be best prepared and less anxious about a meeting or a social or a networking and that sort of thing. And so I found those to be really helpful for me. And I've um, shared those with um, thousands of others through my book, my blog and my website. And it's really been a great experience. Yeah. So, you know, when you went out to write a book, because I, I uh, a lot of our audience, I will tell you, are sitting there and saying, God, I wish I would have written a book. And I, I think back to when I wrote my first book, I, uh, it, you know, I talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, and finally had a, uh, a friend of mine who is a very accomplished writer and speaker, you know, he said, well, why didn't you write the book? And, I, well, you know. I, I just didn't have the time and all that. Why didn't you write it? Okay, I'm lazy. I just didn't do it. You know, it, you, yeah. life got in the way or whatever. But, uh, you know, writing that book, what was that experience like for someone that, you know, hadn't really written, it sounds like since you were, you know, a kid, right? but, but had that in your soul, what was that experience like sitting there in front of a blank page? It was both um, tense and just exhilarating because I felt like I was writing about something that I really was not only passionate about, but curious about. Yeah. And, um, and I think it had a purpose. I mean, I, I do believe my 30 years in the energy industry had a purpose. We did some important things. However, th here, this was a purpose where I could connect with people and make a difference. And so that was really exciting. But the process was completely new to me. I didn't write a book when I was a kid. I was writing articles on a school paper and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so it was all new. I, um, I love to learn. And so I dove in and I listened to podcasts and I talked to people and I went to conference writers conferences and I did all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so I felt like I actually just overwhelmed myself with all these perspectives of, oh, here's how you write a book and here's how you write a book. But one person told me, you know, there's a, everybody has a book in them somewhere. The ones that actually publish it are the ones that are just really determined. Yeah. Right. And I believe that's true that, you know, everybody has a book and everybody has challenges during their day, right? They work, they have mm -hmm. kids, they have other stuff they need to or want to do. And writing is not the easiest thing to do. And it, it's mm -hmm. a very solitary sort of process, even for an introvert. And, um, and, and so it's, it takes some focus and some fortitude to get through it because there's off, there's many off ramps that you can take yeah. along the way as you probably have well, experienced yeah, yourself. So. Having somebody that uh, also having somebody that has rampant ADD, mm. uh, it is very difficult for me to sit, you know, some people can sit down and 
oh, I have to be in this, you know, silent room and focus on it and all that. And I, I laugh because my, my writing partner on the first book, that's him. I mean, Joe is like, he has to be, you know, in, in a room by himself. He can't have any sound, no music, anything like that, which would drive me insane. And he asked me, you know, how do you, how do you, what's your writing process? And I'm like, well, I just come home, have dinner, sit down, watch TV with my computer. And I just sit there and bang out the book. And he's like, how can you do that? Yeah. It's just how my, if I were to sit in a, in a room, I would get nothing accomplished. Mm, so it's, I think you have to find your, your, you have to find your thing when it comes to that. And, yeah, I definitely agree. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I don't yeah. think I can write very well with a TV on and that sort of stuff, but I'm happy that I don't have to have this, like, um, you know, it's got, the room's got to be a certain way and mm-hmm. the sun's got to be in the upper quartile and, you know, all that mess. And I really felt like, um, I've heard a lot of people that say, you know, I go into a room and I sit down for, and I make sure I don't move for an hour and I write, mm-hmm. yep. or I don't leave until I write so many words. And I've just felt like, you know, this is supposed to be fun. And so, um, if you know i'll sit down at a certain time of day perhaps and start writing but if i don't feel it then i'm you know forcing yourself to stay there or it's just out miserable some, yeah you know, nonsense <laughs> is is not necessary so some days i would sit there and i'd be there for hours writing mm-hmm. and other days you know in 15 minutes of you i'm going to get up and i'm just going to go do something else and oftentimes if i w- went for a walk or something you know, the whole chapter might come into my mind. It's just mm-hmm. having a change of scenery, but I didn't ever really want to force myself into this box yeah. where I could only write in under certain circumstances. Absolutely. Well, but I think it's having a, a process that you follow. I think that the funniest one, I, I can't remember who the author was. I, I remember seeing an interview with an older, you know, somebody who'd been really famous writing and all that. And they said, well, you know, what, what is the, the true key to success being an you know, a, a successful author. And he said, the art of writing is the art of attaching one's butt to the seat and writing. <laughs> just get, get in there and just, you know, you, you start writing and sometimes it's nonsense. And sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to have to go back and edit it or whatever, but it's just oh, yeah. slow going. And yeah, there are days when it's just, you know, hey, it's working and you want to just keep riding the pony as long as you can. And other days don't force it because it's just going to be a miserable experience and the writing suffers as a result of it. Yeah, I, I got a uh, had a writing coach when I first started writing to just right. kind of learn the ropes, right? It wasn't even necessarily about writing stuff. It was just about the whole process and the industry yeah. and and my personal approach and that sort of stuff. And And he said, you know, don't get it right, get it written. Yes. You know, he's like, your mind can get, you know, into such a quandary because you feel like I got to sit down and write these magical prose mm-hmm. that everybody's going to wow about. And yeah. the fact is, especially on the first time, it's just a matter of getting it out of your head and some gobbledygook, which eventually will be edited mm-hmm. many more hours than it was ever, yes. than it ever took to get it out in the first place. And, but then it will come into focus at some point. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great advice. And I see a lot of people that struggle and give up because they feel like, Oh, it's just not good enough. Well, yeah. In my experience, maybe others can just throw out a, a bestseller right on the on the first draft. But in my experience, it's it's a process, and you got to work the process. And if you do, then um, it will come into focus. Well, in, in Stephen King's book on writing, I don't know if you've ever read that I have, one. Yeah, I love his process, which is you know what I get, I just get it out on the paper, and then I take it, print it off shove it in a drawer and I don't look at it for like a month mm, and then yeah. he comes back and okay now let me look yeah let me look through this and does it make sense and what can I edit and you know all that piece of it so 
you know, and I think every writer has their own style of doing it. I mean, I'm a Hemingway fan and, you know, Hemingway just is like a machine. You know, every morning he got up at eight o'clock, going into his writing room, just start typing. And, you know, he would finish and then go drink the rest of the day pretty much and then come back and do the same thing all over again. You know, yeah. everybody's got their own own way of doing it. You've just got to kind of figure out what that is. That's and I don't think anybody, you know, I know there's 50 bazillion books written on writing mm -hmm. and all of them contradict each other. And it's because everybody's got their own style and you just have to figure out what that is for yourself. That's right. That's so now have you gone beyond the the books to you know any type of a coaching or anything like that that you do or is it mainly just really getting the info out so most of it is getting the info out i'm trying to get the info out in in more ways okay. so um this year based on the, my uh book the corporate introvert coming out last fall yeah. i've been working on different avenues to get that out so okay. besides the book itself and blogging and doing some social media and so forth i'm i'm getting onto campuses because okay. i think it's really important to talk to students students and especially upperclassmen that are getting ready to leave the confines of a university, a relatively mm -hmm. safe place, yeah. and go into oftentimes a corporate world. Mm -hmm. And roughly half the people in the world and in most settings are introverts. And they may not raise their hand and admit it. Uh, and they may not exactly know what that means. I know mm -hmm. I was in that group for a long time. Um, and so I really think it's helpful to touch base with that group and help them understand that introversion mm -hmm. is not a curse, as many people might think, introvert or extrovert, but that it's a blessing. You've got a lot of great strengths. You just know, need to know how to use them. You've got tools in your toolbox, but if you don't use them or use them incorrectly, then it, it's a mess. Mm -hmm. But if you use them well, then you can you can thrive in a corporate setting. Um, and besides that, it's just a transition from uh, the school life into corporate life is a big change. Yeah. And many people do it. Many people struggle with it. Many people don't know who or how to do it. And they're not sure they want to ask people at work, certainly their manager included. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way to connect with the people on campus and help them in that process. So working on that, um, and I think that's a really important avenue, mm -hmm. um, working mm -hmm. on uh, connecting with others in the workplace, so sometimes that's at a leadership level, a senior leadership level, but most often it's at a first line level, you know, first um, working with the, the smaller teams to help them to understand about introversion and just in general about diversity from a thought perspective and how teams can be stronger when everybody's voice is in the room. Yeah. I think diversity is a you know fantastic thing. It's been worked on for decades in um, in the corporate world and in across uh, across society, mm -hmm. mostly from a gender and an ethnic perspective and and uh, that sort of thing. And certainly, there's still a long way to go on those areas. Mm -hmm. But I, I I throw uh, introversion into that group because I think it's below the surface. But it's that diversity of thought, and I've seen many work groups in my experience, some of whom they really embrace it. They openly talk about everybody's differences, their personality differences, the way they approach things differently, their thought process. Some are creative, some are not, some, you know, everybody's different. And they openly talk about it and they leverage that, right? And so they, they find ways to give the certain work to certain people because that's what their strengths are. And then yeah. they come together and they combine that and they massage it together. And then other groups that they, they don't even talk about it, right? I mean, we don't talk about introversion and extroversion. That's personal or or I don't want to talk about it. Or the manager's an extrovert and, and doesn't think anybody should really be in the group that doesn't 
reflect his same approach. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're missing out right on the other half mm-hmm. of the group. And so many companies are not very productive. So some of the uh, reaching out I'm doing here in 2022 is getting to usually that that team level and helping the individuals and the team itself understand the differences that they have and how they can utilize them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really insightful as well to see how they're doing that and and how they're progressing in mm-hmm. uh, becoming a more authentic and productive team. Absolutely. Is there uh, any other books on the horizon for you or is this kind of you're going to kind of work these for a while? And- well, when I first started writing, one of the people I, I worked with said, you know, you should really kind of define your lane and stay in your lane. That way, everything kind of holds together, gels together. And so the first book was um, memoir with the theme of introversion. And then the second book was corporate introvert. So I'm violating that principle completely with my third book. (laughs) And and because I can. Um, And so my, uh, my third book, I'm just starting to work on. So my oldest of three uh, children is uh, 27. And she has Down syndrome. Okay. Um, she's actually the main reason we came to Austin from Houston, because there's a fantastic um, adult residential living community here in Austin. All right. um, and so she got off the waiting list and got a spot there. And, and it was really the culmination of her um, desire to be independent. Okay. So, you know, at, at, at the age of 18 to 21, they finished their public school and public high school. Got and it. it's really like a cliff. And so yeah. She wasn't sure what she wanted to do. We weren't sure what we were going to do, but mm-hmm. we knew that suddenly she's no longer going to be at school for eight hours a day. And she's, uh-huh. and, and many of them go home, lose a lot of the skills they developed and she wanted her independence. And she looked at her brother and sister that are a bit younger than her and said, well, I want that. I want to be able to go off to school. I want to live oh. outside of the house. I thought it was fantastic. And then as I began to research, I realized, you know, how unique that is. I mean, the the definition of independence is different for everybody, every family and individual. Um, But I just think whether it's my, um, my typical uh, children or my special needs child, that I want them to be as independent as they can be and be as happy and successful as well. And I think those two things go hand in hand oftentimes, right? If you don't feel like you're able to make your own decisions and choices, um, then, uh, then you're not necessarily the happiest you can be. So I'm working on um, that book, I'll be writing that this summer, and kind of laying the groundwork um, of that right now and working with some uh, uh, national organizations and some local organizations to um, work on some marketing in advance of the book, which is something I learned that the first book or two, I really didn't think about yeah. it until I was at least midway, if not completely done. Mm-hmm. And it really helps to kind of build that community of people that will benefit mm-hmm. from um, the story of how can how can all individuals uh, or adults in particular with Down syndrome find independence? That's so that's my uh, upcoming project. That is fantastic. Well, that's that's a project from the heart there. It is. It really yeah. is. Um, yes, it's outside of the introvert lane, but it's in your lane no matter what. Right. And and, and honestly, I've, I've thought about that because I thought, you know, it's okay if it's two separate ones. It might mm-hmm. be a little bit of extra work. I'll have a different website and so forth. But there's actually a common theme in some ways, because I think introverts tend to take a back seat mm-hmm. and they have to really push to get noticed or involved in the organization. Yeah. And people with special needs have to do the same thing. And, and oftentimes when you think about the disabled community, you think about people in wheelchairs, which yeah. who have their own challenges. 
um, but they but many people accept them for their ability because they cognitively can mm-hmm. relate to those people. Yeah. People with special needs that have intellectual disabilities, whether it's Down syndrome or autism or any number of other things, oftentimes have it harder. And um, they are kind of that part of the diversity into whether it's a workplace or society in general, mm-hmm. that um, definitely there's work to be done there. So yeah. I think it's maybe a uh, deep inside, there's this kind of core thing that I feel like I want to pursue for with and for other people. That's awesome. Well, but I mean, once again, it's not out of your lane because this is a this is a lane that you've experienced for 18 years. That's right. You know? Yeah. So it's it it's not out of the lane at all, and it's it's I think something from the heart for that sure. uh, that people will appreciate the fact that you share your story and and be interested in it because mm. um, there's a lot of folks out there that are that are dealing with it. And especially early on in life, knowing, okay, what mistakes did you make, Steve, you know, and, and what did you do right? That is being, you know, it's helping her to be successful. I mean, just the, just the simple fact that she's going, Hey, I, you know, I want to live on my own, like my, my brother and sister do. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, is she working or? She was working when we were in Houston, she was working at a firehouse sub. So she was nice. working uh, for several years, when she first got the job there, mm. the smile on her face, just unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and you and I would maybe look at how much she's getting paid and think, oh, well, that's, that's so small, but it was absolutely nothing about the pay. Nope. They could have given her a quarter at the end of the day, but it was her feeling of pride that she was independent. She um, was able to walk to work by herself. Nice. She, you know, she did her interview by herself. We prepared and she interviewed by herself and she worked hard. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, you know, loved her at work and really appreciated what she could contribute at work. Mm-hmm. And it was an, a kind of a second family. And just uh, the pride was tremendous. At where she's at now, she's been there for about seven months. And so okay. they want you to kind of fit into the community and feel comfortable. It's such a big transition Please away start. from the house. Yeah. And in a year or so, they, they have a lot of jobs on campus. So okay. I expect she'll be uh, working next year. Yeah. Well, I, I've always said, I mean, people with Down syndrome, it's, they're, they're God's children because, I mean, they're, they're some of the happiest people that I've ever met in my life. I mean, they're just a special person. So. They, they are. And they have a lot to, um, a lot to teach the rest of us. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I really... Um, learned and and so much appreciate from my daughter, but uh, others with Down syndrome in particular is their total disregard for societal norm. (laughs) And, you know, for us, you know, we, we grew up and we've learned and and through work that there's certain things you do and certain ways you do it. Mm -hmm. And um, for her, she doesn't know those. She doesn't understand them. She doesn't give a crap about those. And so just the you know, better part. she wears, you know, whatever she wants to wear, which can be quite interesting, which mm-hmm. puts uh, Cindy Lauper to shame. Yeah. She will, um, you know, walk and sing and dance at the airport. Yeah. And then we might be going somewhere and she's tired and she just stops and sits down yeah. because, because she's done. And, I'm just and, done. Yeah. It's, like it's, just, it's, it's really authentic at a to an extreme yes and so i'm not suggesting we all do exactly that perhaps but there's certainly lessons to learn about maybe adopt some of those characteristics and the fact that that they tend to just look at life as just a happy place you know as you know yes there are bad things that happen but they you know they they bring joy into the room every time i've met anybody i mean we have uh we have a girl that works at our uh, local randall's and i mean 
every time you walk in. I mean, she's just, hi, how are you? You know, the like the ultimate extrovert at that point. And, you know, I don't care if I'm loud or obnoxious or whatever. It doesn't matter. And, you know, it just makes you happy to see them. So, I mean, I, I just yeah. think that's phenomenal. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to see that she can kind of get out there. She's got a ton of experience at Subway or at uh, at firehouse subs yeah yeah she's uh (laughs) definitely got some some experience and some skills with customer service so brilliant that's exciting love it well let's uh transition to the fast five questions here all right a little bit about uh about what you got going on so you ready i'm ready let's go all right first question you wake up in the morning you got your business just goes poof overnight you got all the knowledge in your head 500 bucks in your pocket laptop computer place to live and all the food that you need, what are you going to do first? Uh, you know, I, I think I would just start writing. Okay. Um, uh, for, for my business, there's, it's not a very material business. There's not a lot of, that we need to do. Certainly, there's a network. So in your scenario, I'm, I'd have to rebuild a network of people that I've, I've grown to lean on as far as writing expertise, publishing, marketing, in the different topics that I've got. But I would just start, I'd start writing first to have that passion and then start to reach out and develop, redevelop the network. Yeah, well, and a lot of what, I mean, it's kind of, for you moving here from from Houston to here and then starting writing, you kind of had to do that at some point. Yeah, it's a little bit of that along the way. Awesome. All right. What is the biggest business mistake that you've ever made? Um, I think that what I would say to that is um, around FOMO, fear of missing out. So mm-hmm. as a new writer about four or five years ago, um, I... I knew I didn't know a lot, right? There are people that go to school for that. They've written for years and decades. And I knew I wasn't in that class. And 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 to an extent, that was okay. But I wanted to learn and climb up that, that learning curve very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so like you were talking about, there's a gazillion people out there that can tell you what the, their magic formula is for writing, selling books and all that sort of stuff. And I tried to gobble that up and listen and read and watch stuff to learn. Um, and I had that fear of missing out. Eventually, I just stopped. And I said, you know what, I'm actually not helping myself. And as you were saying, you kind of have to figure out your own style. And mm-hmm. so I'd heard enough styles. And I just needed to turn that off and go inside myself and think about, okay, what is my style? What do I want to do? How do I want to do it? And if, if 90% of the people that I've heard and read from don't do it that way, that's okay. If if a hundred percent of them don't do it, that's okay. As long as I can say I feel comfortable with that, and um, so that really changed my approach, and it helped me to focus. So that instead of being so spread out over everything, yeah. I was starting to focus on things and say no to a lot of stuff, which really helped me be a lot more productive. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it reminds me of you know when you look at some of the the great artists ever. You know, you look at Van Gogh stuff. We we went to that Van Gogh exhibit last year, and you know you see what he did at the beginning of his career and then what he did at the very end of his career, you know, it was, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do what everybody else is doing and kind of do this, this, these really ugly, horrid colored portraits and things like that. Wonderful artist. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that transition to the, you know, his style and, you know, you just have to get your style and then, right. then it becomes, you know, th- then it's just, all you have to do is attach the butt to the seat and start writing. What is a book that you would recommend for our audience? So um, 
as you might imagine, my, my book is not maybe a typical business book, yeah. but I find that myself and probably a lot of entrepreneurs out there are working it hard, pushing yeah. hard. And, and that's great. You know, things don't come to those who don't work hard that aren't determined and put in the time and effort. Mm -hmm. But I also felt like for me, um, I was really hard on myself. I was my own yeah. worst critic. And so that's where I think I, myself and others cross the line from I'm working hard to now I'm being destructive because I'm, I'm bullying myself into feeling that I'm not really worth it or I'm not doing well with it. Mm -hmm. So the, one of the books I ran up upon since I started writing and I just love it and I've reread it is a, a book called Self-Compassion, okay. The Proven Power to Being Kind to Yourself by Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. And it really, um, you know, as I read through that, it really landed on how I, I could get a lot more out of myself and be more productive and successful if sometimes I just need to back off and be supportive of myself and try and fill my brain with supportive words instead of, man, I could have done a lot better with that. Or I, you know, I kind of goofed that up or I fumbled in that conversation. Well, you know, yeah, there's learnings and I'm not saying we shouldn't think about the learnings. What? But yeah. the book was great at really thinking about you need you need to apply some self-compassion or what I talk mm -hmm. about on my website, stretching kindly. So let's stretch, stretch ourselves and grow. We have to do that. But mm -hmm. let's do it a bit kind, kinder. And as a result, I think we get better results from it. That's awesome. That's a, somebody asked me one time, who is the worst boss that you ever worked for? And I said, me. Yeah, yeah. That's a great answer. Like, I, if I worked for me, I, I would have never, yeah, if I treated <laughs> an employee the way I treated myself, I'm like, mm. geez, I would have never, I, I wouldn't have anybody working for me. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, it's funny. I mean, yeah, we just, we beat on it ourselves sometimes and you gotta, you gotta cut it loose a little bit and let, let yourself, you know, cut yourself some slack. That's right. Yeah. What is a tool that you use every day in your business that you might recommend for our audience? So I'm a pretty uh, anal person as far as being organized. Okay. And so my wife probably gave me one of the first Franklin planners decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> she gave me a Palm Pilot, which didn't right. last very long. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, I use nowadays is, is OmniFocus. Okay. So there's a million other products out there as far as organizing your life, a to-do list or a calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, I use OmniFocus because for me, okay. I, it's simple. I probably don't use all the bells and whistles in it. Yeah. But I just find that it helps for me to know what I've got going on in the day and to organize it and to feel comfortable when I kind of push things over to the next day or have mm -hmm. things plotted out that that's okay. And okay. also it, it helps me to get stuff out of my head <laughs> and onto the schedule mm -hmm. so that I don't feel like I've got to do everything today. Yeah. If I've got some great ideas or some opportunity comes up, I don't have to do it today. Mm -hmm. But if I put it out on the on my schedule, then I know I've got it right. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lose it. It's out there. I, there will be a, the right time for me to do it. But today I need to focus on what I've got on my list today that I know I really need to get done. And nice. It's just been like a really that. helpful thing. And, and I'm not uh, I've not heard of that one before. So yeah, OmniFocus. check it out and we'll we'll include a link on here so that if people want to check it out. They'll do it. Mm. What is the best way if somebody wants to contact you, Steve, to uh, to reach you? Best way is my website, okay. uh, beyondintroversion.com. So okay. on the website, I've got uh, over 150 blogs. I've got a few quizzes, which have been you know hugely popular. Everybody likes to learn about themselves. And we've had over 1,600 people take our quiz on nice. learning about the strengths of, in, of themselves with introversion, get a customized report. So everybody's welcome mm -hmm. to do that. It's all free. Nice. Um, you can find my books there as well. 
Um, I'm offering a, uh, a free uh, booklet there. It's a hundred plus page booklet that's called Questions That Introverts Ask nice. and Answers That Extroverts Need to Hear. <laughs> so, you know, I think the first part really addresses the fact that many introverts are still learning about themselves and oftentimes feel alone. You know, they're yeah. amazed. I know I was to find out I'm actually one of I'm part of half of the community, roughly, because I thought mm. I was alone with my oh, thoughts. Yeah. And then I think that the ex many extroverts just need to hear it. And introverts want to kind of be equipped to help their family, friends or coworkers to understand a little bit more about introversion so we can all work well together. Well, and I so think, you know, that, uh, I, I, just from a personal, yeah, so I'm, I am wildly introverted and people, people that know me are like, how in the hell could you, I have no, no, that's not true. And it's like, right. oh yeah, yeah. Just watch me at an event where I don't really know a whole lot of people. I will just not, I'll, I'll find a quiet place in the corner yeah. and I'm kind of good. Just leave me alone. But you know, how to, you know, knowing how to engage someone who is introverted and, you know, for me, like when I first started networking, I mean, I just had to force myself to go out there and start networking. And I, uh, I was like, well, I know I'm not going to meet a ton of people because it's just not me. So I just started doing, you know, I would do like 10 events a week. So I'd go to, you know, five lunches and then either mornings at breakfast or afternoons, but I would meet two people every time. And I'd set up a one-to-one -one with them. And for me, I can, you know, I, once I engage with one person, I want to go deep. So I'm like, I want to do a one-to-one. -one. I want to learn more about you. So it's, it's learning how to leverage the skills and, and work around what's just not natural for you. I'm never going to be the guy that wades into a room, right. you know, and, and is saying hi to everybody. I mean, I, I will, if I know people, but other than that, I'm not. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, a, you're a chat, a living chapter out of my book because you're doing exactly what you need to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, to try and be that person that, boisterous person that that owns the room it's just not in our dna yep. and to try and do that is more anxiety riddled than than to not mm -hmm. but you have a lot of skills and like you said i think introverts oftentimes find those deep relationships so you may not walk out with 40 business cards but you may walk out with a couple of relationships that are really deep where you guys can follow up with each other and find some business opportunities and um, frankly i think i'd rather have that than 50 business cards that honestly I really yeah have anything to follow i mean up I, you know the funny part is i did that for four years you yeah. know so when i first started my individual practice or my my independent practice i, I did that for four years mm. every week 10 events 21 on ones the next week, 10 more events, just kept doing that. And I did it consistently for four years. And I mean, I, I have a database where I keep track of everybody I've ever met with. And so I've met with over 2,150 people wow. awesome. and did one on ones with them over a four year period of time, you know, and it was just, that was my job is the way I saw it. And mm -hmm. okay, if I can just have a process. And I think, you know, that's, it's the thing that I've learned from our friend, Matthew Pollard, um, you know, and, and also from your stuff is, you know, okay, give me a process that I can follow. Give me a system that I can follow and I'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again, yeah. you know, and it, it, and it just is cumulative effect. But I, I think back to, you know, that those four years of my life basically built my entire career after that, mm. you know, it's the, the following seven years after that, I've lived off of those people that I met you know, at the beginning, and not all 2100 were people that I really wanted to maintain a relationship with. But sometimes you got to sort through the week with the chaff and I would meet sure. with anybody, I didn't care what industry they were in. I would meet with anybody because 
I don't know who you know. Mm-hmm. And but that was it. It was it was okay, let me go deep and I'm good. Yeah. And that, that's what I do best. And that's great. Yeah. When you that's when fantastic. you learn about yourself like that and then use it, then it's magic. It was it was my option was that or go knock yeah, you know, go around door to door knocking on doors, and that was definitely mm-hmm. not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything I wanted to do less. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, I'm excited to to read your book. Um, really uh looking forward to to digging into it a little bit deeper. Um, thank you for being on the show. I mean, thank you for your your mission. Keep it up. Uh, because there's just not enough stuff out there. There's just a few people that have done stuff on introversion. And, and I think it's important because like you said, it's half of the, <laughs> half of the world's introverted. I personally think it's even more than that. Mm. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's closer to two thirds of the people are introverted and some mm. of them like me will play an extrovert on TV, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Always great to talk to a fellow introvert and there we go, compare some notes and, uh, and, and learn a little bit more about other people. Absolutely. Well, folks, thank you uh, for joining the show as well. Uh, as always, you know, we put these shows out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, make sure that uh, you check out the show notes page. Cause we've got all this information from Steve in there. Um, certainly wherever you're watching this, whether it is on um, any of the, the podcast channels or on Podbean, or if you go to our website, which is www.freedomnationpodcast.com, uh, wherever you're watching this, please give us a comment, ask questions, give us a good rating if you can, five stars as, as best as you can, because that's how it helps get this message in front of more people. So thank you. We will see you back here for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.